The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. A Ryanair petition calling on the European Commission to keep EU skies open during air traffic controlled strikes has surpassed one million signatures. The petition calls on the European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen to allow other air traffic controllers to manage flights over France when the air traffic controllers are striking there. Now, I'm joined on the line by retired Lieutenant Colonel and Airport and Safety Auditor Kevin Byrne, who himself was an air traffic controller. Uh, Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Pat. Now, uh, I'm looking at the map of Europe just to remind myself of the lie of the land. And I'm seeing that if you're coming from Spain, from Malaga, for example, you fly over Spain. Could you dodge out into the sea and make it to Ireland without interfering with the French at all? Same with Portugal, Lisbon or Faro with Italy. Could uh, you head up over Germany and avoid the French? I mean, are there ways around this? There are, in fact, but they don't like it, as you can imagine, because the French are unusual in one way, in that they have a strike declared. I got caught myself in one some years ago out of Perpignan. You know, it was a four-hour strike, so obviously we had to wait. The aircraft, Aer Lingus, got in and landed. It unloaded its passengers and said, we can't take you away yet now because of the strike. And they tried to do just that, fly south over the Mediterranean, turn right and go to, and do it visually, but the air traffic system wouldn't allow it. So the French were holding on to their own for that type of, of reason. And the other point about it is if there's a strike which may last 12 hours 24 hours depending on how they feel they don't just stop traffic coming in out of france origin destination they stop the overflights and that has a huge implication because on any summer's day such as we have today there are 12,000 flights over europe going in all sorts of directions and a huge proportion of that goes through airspace that is controlled by france so there's a huge dichotomy there now, besides the airspace over France, and look at the map yes. of France and you can see how big that is, how far yep. out into the Atlantic do they control? And then going down, uh, you know, towards Sardinia and yes. so on, do they, they obviously control some of that as well? They do. They do. And in fact, I've just been examining two things, flight radar to prove that there's 12,000 aircraft over the skies of Europe, and there are today. And also, the, the airspace heads out over most of the Bay of Biscay and a large chunk down into the Med, sort of just north of Barcelona. So they do control a huge chunk. To move around, that may not be worthwhile, depending on where you're flying to. But there is another implication here, because the French, under state law, allow minimum flights within France. So even though there's a strike in the country, nationally, the, the French local flights continue, which of course Reiner pointed out is remarkably unfair and doesn't take place in any other country in Europe where they do allow overflights. So it is a, a double-edged sword from that point of view and it's, it's quite unfair. I'm with Ryanair on this particular one. It shouldn't be allowed in this modern state yeah. when we have got Euro control and single skies and all that kind of thing. Getting over a million signatures uh, so far uh, to appeal to uh, Ursula von der Leyen to do yes. something about it, I mean, is that anything more than optics? I don't know because, of course, Europe, while it's unified in many ways, airspace is always sovereign. It's controlled by the, the country, despite huge efforts to try and, uh, you know, put in technicalities. For example, uh, the French could control, uh, you know, airspace in Italy. The, the Irish could control airspace over the UK. And in some cases, you know, the Dutch could do Germans and that kind of thing. But they tend not to do it because it's a national asset from that point of view. It's also quite profitable. So the, despite the fact that there is, a, you know, a single sky policy, it hasn't worked out the 
the way they thought it might. It would be very good for the environment, very good for efficiency, but it's a very slow thing for one country to say, oh, by the way, you can control the airspace over us at the moment. How much notice do the French give of any particular action? I mean, you talk there about an Aer Lingus flight getting into Perpignan and then the strike kicking in and people not being able to leave uh, and therefore crews on the ground. If the strike, say, was an eight-hour strike, the crews are out of hours. Can't fly you back anyway. Yes, and lucky for us, the crews were in time and we were able to hang around, have our coffee and get on board. It, it wasn't anybody's fault, so we did get home eventually in the same day. But look, the, the strikes are now published in the same way the rail strikes in the UK are. So they're saying we're going to go on 24-hour strikes, you know, uh, probably three or four weeks in advance. But it's, it's a very unionised country from that point of view. Uh, and the French are, you know, they're attacking the government policy. It's not actually with their direct employ, uh, the employers of the air traffic system. It's a statewide problem. So they have a a tradition, I suppose, of it going on strike when it, you know, when it suits them, and this is the time to do it in terms of disruption. For example, Ryanair alone have lost 4,000 flights. If you multiply that by maybe 200 people per aircraft, you get an awful lot of people whose holidays or weekends away have been upset, and that's not just the Ryanair problem, it's all European uh, you know, airlines and indeed many foreign airlines because Paris is a magnet for aircraft from all over the world. So mm. it's a huge disruptive problem. It costs so far this year, we think, 300 million uh, euros and it's going to get worse. Uh, do you have any idea what they're looking for? What's the reason for their strikes? I think they're certainly involved in the fact that they want to stay at the current terms of employment. They want more money, first of all, as, as anybody would, I suppose, to, to counter the um, the cost of inflation and, and the living costs and all that kind of thing. But they're also involved in the fact that the president wanted to reduce the retirement age. You know, it's generally 62. He wanted to go to 64. Most air traffic controllers retired 60, so they don't any change to that because, of course, you know, um, terms and conditions were agreed when they, when they signed up. Uh, but it does take a long time to train replacements. You know, you can't grow air traffic controllers on, on the trees, so to speak. And they take almost as long to train as pilots do to fly the commercial aircraft. So it's not an easy thing to do, but it is a very pleasant place to be. They, they are well paid from the national and international point of view. So uh, it, it's going to run and run, unfortunately. There's no easy solution as far as I and, can And tell. finally then, Kevin, for those passengers who are disrupted, do they have any comeback at all? I mean, what are their rights when the French decide well, to go on strike? It's it's a, if the flights are cancelled, uh, you know they get the money back, so to speak, and that's to the you know it, to the cost of the airline to some extent. They, they've lost the profit on that particular set of flights, but um, the EU regulations don't really apply if you're told far enough in advance. And this is one of the reasons I think why they've published dates in advance over May, June and July. In other words, the EU conditions which would give you compensation they won't apply in this particular circumstance because it's not the airline's fault that there's no air traffic services in different parts and it's uh, not going to come back at the airline. They just cancel the flight and and you have to wait and see. But it's very, very disruptive and I don't see why it should happen. I'm with Ryanair on on this particular case. Whatever about taking off and landing in France, which is a fabulous country, to forbid overflying uh, aircraft to go to other destinations is is quite unacceptable, I think. with Mr. O'Leary on that. Yeah. And who has to blink? I mean, is it Macron who's got to intervene and he has a bloody nose after the pensions row? Um because the yes, it's it's at that level. It's at the it's at the parliamentary level. It's at the the, the the leaders' level. So I think it's going to run on one. As I said, they have a tradition of strikes, and they tend not to back down. And sometimes they get a little bit violent. Not in this particular case, but you know how how bad it'll go in France very quickly. The French are revolting. That's uh, <laughs> all right, Kevin. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Kevin you, Byrne, a retired Lieutenant Colonel, airport and safety auditor, and a former air traffic controller. 
The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.